Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back Love to Talk Radio. Forgot about Forgot about that part. So, all right, folks, welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, basketball our basketball podcast. Um, Jeremy Moss here, hanging out with Eli Betker. And I see some of the line. We're doing apparently a live show. So, if you sneak and somehow find us on Blog Talk Radio, thank you. Uh, awesome. We are trying to hopefully not have recording issues like we've had in the past before. So, there's that. Um, MWWire.com is the website. Um, Facebook, Twitter, all that great stuff. MWC Wire. Let's see if this works. Um, let's pull up the line here. Eli, are you with me? Yes, I am. I think if our voices Whoa. can be heard, then we're doing a good enough job, right? Hope so, yeah. It'll work. Um, yeah, so we make it work. We are apparently live. If great. Um, cool. Awesome. We're going to talk some hoops offseason. You've been to Europe since we've been, we talked last, so quick question. That's right. Did you have the Icelandic, yeah. Icelandic ham? I did not have the Icelandic ham, but uh, oh, I was actually pretty impressed by the food in Iceland. Like there are a lot of good restaurants, and I was not expecting that. Um, was it there was seafood-based? there was something that I did eat? What's that? Was it seafood based mostly? Yeah, most of it was. Uh, there was, but there was like quite a bit of lamb because they have a lot of lamb over there. Um, there was one meal that I ate that was like a bread bowl lamb seafood soup, which sounds, I don't know if that sounds kind of bad, but it was actually no, pretty that fantastic. Sounds amazing. So I was impressed. That sounds, that it was, sounds it amazing. was good. It was really good. Yeah. It's like, do you like lamb chops? Good. Bread bowl? Yeah. Chowder? What's not like? Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. Some people might not go for it, but I thought it was pretty tasty. I was impressed. Well, We'll see how it goes here. So we're going to talk to Mountain of Soup. A lot of stuff happened. We have the draft combine that just wrapped up, and oh, boy, I might have some trouble there. We will have talk about <laughs> scheduling news just because it's off-season scheduling time because we find out who's playing who. we got a big docket, or thanks to D1 docket, and our own sleuthing and Twitter stalking. We know who's playing who for the most part. And uh, Coach TJ and Steve Offer are doing good things out in uh, Nevada. That's right. Yeah, Nevada basketball is looking far more healthy than it was a month or two months ago. So let's start with that. That's the most interesting thing. So last time we talked to Steve Alford being introduced as Nevada coach. Um, TJ, we talked to as well at UNLV. The big concern was the big old transfer portal where everybody puts their names in, which is great. Have that choice to do what you want. But a lot of them came back. And so who, well, let's start with Nevada. Steve Alford's bringing back, what, Lindsey Drew's back. Um, we don't know about Jordan Brown yet, but he was in that Nevada hoodie at the end of your banquet, so that's a big deal. A lot of guys are coming back, so how would you rate kind of what Steve Alford's doing in returning guys, keeping them around? Yeah, I think it's about as good as possible because I, we're still waiting on Jordan Brown. That's a big one. If he can return, then you're gaining your starter underneath, and I think this team is in position again to compete for the Mountain West Tournament um, title game. But as it as it stands right now, you bring back Jazz Johnson, Jalen Harris, Lindsey Drew. That's all backcourt's all set. Um, they even got a transfer in Desmond Cambridge from from Brown. He'll have to sit out this following year, but uh, he absolutely smoked San Diego State last year, NBA hot. So that's a that's something to keep an eye on. 
I think this roster is in really good shape, though. They're able to be on the right side of the coin in terms of how the transfer portal fell for them. Uh, they could have ended up with a pretty bare roster, but pretty much most of the non-seniors are back that are, were tabbed to contribute this season. So I think Nevada is, again, in that position where they could finish atop the league or at least in the top three once again and compete for an NCAA tournament spot. So you did your preseason power rankings. Well, I guess super duper preseason power rankings. Where do you, I forget? Where did you have Nevada? Do you recall? I had Nevada second, I believe. Behind Utah State, yeah, and that was right? well before Muslim, Muslimman left and everything. Yeah, it was. Do you think that's still accurate? Maybe second. Yeah, I think I think second or third. Uh, you do have San Diego State, which has got a pretty good roster next season, even without Jalen McDaniels. I think Boise State and Fresno State will be solid as well. And uh, New Mexico has probably as much talent as any team in this conference. But I, I, I think you still have to slot Nevada somewhere around second or third because of what they return, um, the, the transfers that they had sitting out last year. And then also you have Steve Alford on the sidelines, which some people are skeptical about, but we know what his track record is and what he's accomplished in this conference with New Mexico. And now I, there's no reason to believe why he can't do the same with Nevada. Sure. So if they get Jordan, like with or without Jordan Brown, they're going to be a conference contender. That's my opinion. With everybody back, we already know Alford. People can hate or not, but he's the, has the most experienced coach in conference, has the most success in the conference. Kind of got a raw deal, or really did get a raw deal at UCLA. He has a long-term contract. Like coaching on the floor, there's a couple things here and there, but he's doing a great job. And they're going to be up there to possibly in the conference. So if they get Brown back. I don't know if that for me puts them at number one top of the list, but it, it might. Would they would if he Jordan Brown comes back and you'd have to assume Alfred's going to play him more than because look at all the starters oh, yeah. for Nevada's team. Martin Bertones are gone, guys are gone on the team, so there's more room to play. If he's if he says I'm gonna be at Nevada, would he be your number one team? I I might do that. If Brown returns and Kata stays in the draft, I would say yes. I think if Kata returns I I'm still sticking with Utah State because I think that one two is and Maryland, Namias Kata is, is enough to keep Utah State at top. But uh, if that is the case, Kata stays in the draft, which he might do, and uh, Jordan Brown returns to Nevada, there's a reason to believe that Nevada can, again, uh, contend for the tournament. I think that I think they would probably slot them at the top uh, in most of the preseason projections if Brown were to return, just with the – notoriety that Steve Alford has and what Nevada's accomplished the last few years, and they still have really good players on this roster, I think that would be enough to keep Nevada in that number one spot. Okay. All right. That makes sense. They have a lot of talent coming back and everything. So let's do this. Let's go to UNLV. They had kind of the same issue where they had at one point, what, two scholarship players available? Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> looking bad. It was look, yeah, it was looking ridiculously bad for Coach TJ out there in Vegas where – all right, you're going to go here. You're going to uh, go to the portal. You're going to look at this, look at that. However, they also, like, a lot of guys are coming back to this to this team. Uh, I guess they did get a grad transfer here. Let me see when this was done. This is about a week or so ago, but they got Elijah Mitchell Long, commits to UNLV grad transfer, who's coming in as a guard. They bring back, like, I, I'm trying to look through right over and call. Like, is basically everybody back, I think? Um, a number of key contributors. The, the main losses right now, uh, Shakur Juice announced that he was transferring, and that's that's probably not going to end up falling in UNLV's favor. 
and also Joel Tomboy, who was one of the breakout players for this team last year. He's almost guaranteed to stay and go pro. So those are the two main losses, but I have to give credit to Altsberger because he has really done an excellent job with this roster in the short time that he's been there, adding Elijah Matru Long, who takes some flack for his offensive inefficiencies, but I think he's a really good plug-and-play ball handler and defends fairly well. And this past weekend, getting the addition of David Jenkins Jr., who was uh, with South Dakota State under T.J. Alsselberger. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a 20-point scorer. That's, that is massive. Uh, and there's reason to believe that he can contend for player of the year honors when he becomes eligible in 2021. Boy. So, I, I mean, he's he's legit. And I think there's, uh, there's a lot of positivity starting to happen in Vegas now. You have some of these guys returning. Um, they do have a couple of nice transfers coming in. Vitaly, I believe it's Scheibel. Um, who was an SEC transfer. Nick Blair was awarded a scholarship, who was a former walk-on and did a good job in the second half of the season last year. So it's not going to be as bad of a roster as we thought it was going to be uh, as recent as a month or two months ago because this was looking like what it was in the year one of Marvin Menzies. And we, knew, and we know just how bad that roster was and how terrible that season was. So keeping the core together uh, I think is really important for – UNLV to start to head in the right direction under their new head coach. I'm checking here. Is Trey Woodbury, he, I know he's a portal. Is he back? Because I see about a week and a half ago he, he's in the portal with their guard. I haven't heard anything new about him. I thought I, I did, I, but I was just I don't think there's anything new on him. Yeah. So he's still just hanging out? See who's out there? Who's going to talk to him? I, who's going to say what's up so, in the yeah. portal? Give a high five? Like, <laughs> yeah, hey, come exactly. over here. Yeah, I think that's the case, yeah. <laughs> portal is, yeah, the portal yeah. is a million different things. It's it's great, it's awesome. But then again, not to go off but like this. My I don't know. This may have to basketball. It may not because there's more teams. But something like I think SI did something more college football related. No shock. I'm talking about that. But where guys are going to transfer portal, there may not be enough scholarships to go around. Because in football, you can only get you could. I guess it goes against what your signing class is. So you could sign like 25 in football per calendar or I guess per recruiting cycle. And so guys are like, oh, I'm a backup quarterback. I'm going to go play here. They go into portal, freeze up scholarship at their own school because he's not there, but there may not be enough scholarships for him to go somewhere else. Hmm. So okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's the case here, but just, it's just a numbers game. And it's not the, not people say the transfer epidemic. That's not the case here. It's not true, but Schools are holding off on scholarships a couple, two or three, which I think they do anyways. They bring in JUCO guys or grad transfer guys or whatever they may be. So there's always a couple, but that's something to look out for. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily, nothing about Woodbury at all, but just in general, all these guys transfer, there's still a scholarship limit per team and I believe per year for basketball. I know per team, what, 13, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And then per year, I'm not sure what it is for basketball. Let's look at it. Yeah, and and that's something that – San Diego State keeps in mind with their head coaching staff. I know that Brian Dutcher likes to usually keep a scholarship or two scholarship spots open uh, as the offseason progresses because, you know, sometimes the dominoes just fall a certain way and players might recognize that they won't get as much playing time as they were once promised or the role isn't right for them or the university. They won't be able to meet academic requirements, things like that. And so it benefits the schools that keep a scholarship or two open and they're able to swoop up and pick up some good players. Now, you never know when a guy like, I don't know, Namias Kata can flip through the cracks that you can pick up in August and turn him into a really good player. So 
I think it's it's wise to do that, and I understand why coaches want to fill up their spots as quickly as possible to really get to your group and form camaraderie and all that as you head into the summer workouts. But uh, keeping a spot open can be beneficial in some circumstances. It's true. It's just something to look out for. And I don't think many other transfers are coming in or out. But let me ask this, and same thing we did with, you, with uh, UNLV or Nevada, your pre, the preseason super early, dumb rankings and all that stuff. Um, I'm trying to find theirs. I don't see it here for some reason. But UNLV, would they be any higher after what they've done? Like keep basically keeping a, a chunk of their talent, not everybody, but. Yeah, I, I think I think this is a, a pretty decent roster. I think when you have Amari Hardy back, that helps quite a bit because he could turn into a, a stud at the point guard position. He was pretty good last year. Uh, it's it's not a bad team. It, it, it is pretty young, so it could take a little while. And uh, TJ is going to incorporate his own philosophy and scheme to this team, which is quite a bit different than what Marvin Menzies had. So I don't know if they're going to be hovering around the top four or top five, but it is reason to believe that they'll stick around in that middle tier, I would imagine, if everything goes okay. And, and that sets up nicely for when some of these transfers become eligible um, the following season where they have a pretty beefy schedule and they have chances to pick up quality wins. That's good. So what about coaching rankings? I know it's still subjective because he hasn't coached a game in the conference. You have him eight. Would you change him any higher mm-hmm. for what he's been able to do to bring in guys? Or I guys think I would well? still probably wait until – yeah, I think I'd, I'd still probably wait a little bit to change that ranking uh, depending on what happens on the court. But I like there's no reason to believe that this thing is just going to fall apart. I think the we all know that Osselberg is a pretty good recruiter. He, I mean, he spent time with Iowa State and Washington, recorded, or recruited some really um, good players there, some future pros. And so he kind of – we went into this tenure thinking that he does have the ability to lure recruits to come in and play, especially when you're you're a brand like UNLV and can play in front of Las Vegas. That also adds into the um, perspective there. But I, I, I think that that's a good starting point for him in terms of where I have him ranked. And uh, if he puts together a 17-plus win season or so with a roster that's pretty much restructured to some extent, I think that uh, there's reason to believe that he can – uh, improving the rankings and set up for a really good uh, following season. Okay, that's curious. I figure it's like because he did lose a few guys and depends on Woodbury. But as for coaching, it's like oh maybe he's there. But for your rankings overall, would you kind of keep them same as the same thought like their overall rankings for the stupid early picks for next year? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I still losing Houston and Tomboy would hurt quite a bit. So they're I mean, two double digit yeah. scorers and really good post players. Um, so that's that's something you have to recover. What I'm curious mostly about off the burger is what's going to happen like this time next year because uh, with Dave Rice, with Marvin Menzies, the off seasons were just just so dreadful for this program because you have players leaving for the draft and transferring, and you pretty much have to start back on square one every summer and. Uh, if that's the case for Offelberger, then it's probably going to be a similar tenure than what we had out of those other two coaches, and that's you just have so much roster turnover and you can't put together um, just quality rosters year in and year out if everyone's leaving. So if we do have all these guys stick around, like the sophomores and incoming recruiting classes, if they want to stick and, and 
with UNLV and continue there for three or four years, which is what Alkaberger has said he wants to do, then I think this program is going to be headed in the right direction. I think so as well. I think for me, it's not the same thing. Like we can go back to Dave Rice stuff, coaching, like the stupid late game situations. But that didn't change either, whether it's production or whatever with Menzies down in UNLV. But I really do think at some point, I know I mentioned, like we kind of joked, oh, he's done a national title before. It could be done again. Te- te- technically, that is correct. Plausible. Mm-hmm. TBD. Um, not likely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or I'm getting out with those. But here's the thing. Um, there's, we'll get to the schedule here in a moment. But, oh, close my thought. No, here's a good thing. Sorry. They have a new AD there. Uh, first big time hire for the biggest program in school, clearly more than football. Give him time. Like we mentioned before, like we've talked about other coaches, give him a long-term deal. Or I know me and Matt in football talking like, Hey, give coach Sanchez there in Vegas more than the typical five year. Like I know Alfred got the 10 year deal, but that's different. He's a more established coach. He's different rules, but don't be so quick to pull the trigger to, to make, if this is your guy, especially if it's the new AD, you don't want to cut a guy after three years. Like, Oh, it looks bad. Yes, UNLV has potential. We'll get their schedule. They get they can get good teams on their schedule. They can reasonably get good talent coming to, coming to town, like uh, McCoy, Bennett, other guys who are pretty high high rated guys who come to town. They know the history of what it can be. Mountain West is getting a bit better, which is great. Where it should be, two to four teams should be in a tournament bid. But my thing is like patience. Like we haven't played a game yet. We're still sitting here before Memorial Day. Games aren't until Halloween, essentially November. Mm-hmm. Just a reminder of UNLV fans, because they throw flack at us all the time. Yes, we have them ranked low. Look at the history. Just because they have a new coach, this don't say they're going to go 360 in year two or even year one. Like, not to sound rude, but don't be BYU fans who thought they're going to the Final Four when they had just three top 100 guys a couple years ago. <laughs> just three. It's yeah. like, no, just chill. Like, there will, there will be struggles. He's it's an upgrade for him as well for conference play and play overall compared out in the was it the Ohio Valley the South Dakota uh, whatever conference in the middle of the country up there, it's a different type of league. So I think he's doing a good job. He's keeping most of the guys there. It's like Men, I think when Menzies he couldn't keep anybody, which was not that I was telling for the to predict what if you go back, but he he couldn't keep many guys here for whatever reason when he had what two scholarship guys after his first uh, spring. They also hired him later if I recall in the, in the cycle, which doesn't help. But be patient. He looks to be doing the right things. He has a transfer coming in next year. Just keep, like, if I'm going to say something now, like, like honestly, middle of the pack is probably where they should be this first year once we get to our preseason stuff down the road. Like, if I'm saying right now, mm-hmm. like, like Air Force is probably where their competitiveness is. How, and that's the like, cool oh, Air Force, but Air Force brings everybody back. Like, they have the yeah, talent like coming Air back. Yeah, I like that's a good That's a good team. Like like Air Force, their their talent overall is out there, but they it's like older teams. I've been around for a couple of years. When you see, oh, why did George Mason years ago make the Final Four? Why did this Illinois Chicago a couple of years ago go that far? Part of it is they've had a team together for years, so that can trump talent in a lot of cases because you're you basically know I'm going to make this pass or know what your players are going to do for on the court. So so middle of pack is where I play the Rebels right now. They may surprise, but I'm not going to shoot them top four because no way Nevada no. San Diego State, no. Utah State, no. It gets a little iffy. We'll see about Fresno and um, Boise State in Air Force. So I'm saying, like, middle of the pack is probably what they should be. So don't be upset if that's the mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you, know, you have to be patient with a new head coach, especially with just the lack of patience that this program has had in general the last few years with some of their head coaches. And there's no reason why 
Marvin Menzies should have had just three years, but that's kind of beside the point. I think finishing fifth or sixth is a reasonable benchmark for this team next year. Um, and then if they add a good recruit or two and keep most of the talent uh, in-house for the 2020, uh, 2021 season, I think yeah. you could reasonably align this program with having NCAA tournament expectations in year two for TJ. And that might be a, might be a bit lofty, but uh, they do have the schedule there, and that's half the battle because if you don't have any quality opponents on your non-conference schedule, you're simply not going to get in unless you win the Mountain West tournament. So that box mm-hmm. has already been checked because they have uh, four high major programs and the Maui invite already on that schedule. So the opportunities are there. Um, and it's it's exciting. It's it's good for this program to have some positivity around it because that just hasn't been the case the last however many years. Exactly. All right, we're gonna take a little break here, but I'm throwing a wrench at you, Eli. You don't know what's coming. <laughs> okay. I'm trying uh, to be no, good. Norm- normally people here we have some sort of mid roll ad we play for which can give us a, a couple pennies here and there, a couple bucks every now and then. So instead we're doing this, which will it will indirectly benefit us but it'll help you as well eli have you ever heard of podcoin it's pretty new i have not you say you don't follow our twitter religiously where i tweeted this out about a week ago (laughs) (laughs) it's okay hey you're busy you're out of town (laughs) you're in school you got a pretty cool job we'll talk about later or internship slash job so we'll get to that of course again here's the thing podcoin's pretty so if you like our show, Mountain West Wire, we are, I think we're pretty good. We've gotten a few people who want to write, hey, want to contribute to the site. We love the podcast during summertime, football and basketball. So here's what we're doing. Eli, do you, do you, honestly, do you listen to a bunch of podcasts? Or what do you, is that your thing at all? Um, A little bit. I listen to the podcast from time to time, yeah. Okay. Which one, what's your favorite besides this one, obviously? <laughs> um, Probably, yeah. <laughs> Uh, probably the Steve Goss show with Dan Levitard. Okay. I actually listened to the Tony Kornheiser one, his, um, not radio show, but podcast, very insightful for radio stuff. But the point is here, mm-hmm. you can get a few bucks to listen to podcasts using our own. So here's how it works. You have the Podcoin app, Google, um, Android store, go, to, go download it. So all you do, listen to your podcast, nothing changes. It's just use the app, download your show, subscribe, whatever. Show. I, listen to, I listen to a million podcasts. I listen to the daily. I listen to... Uh, Boston, whatever. You're I dedicated. I, I, I am dedicated. I listen to the local radio here in town. That's the best radio show in the country. Not mine, unfortunately, but it's great. I love it. So I listen to a million podcasts. All you do, you get you get gift cards to say Starbucks, Google Play, Target, or if you want to be nice, you can actually donate to help a good cause. So like, uh, hey, there we go. The, apparently you can. Um, I've looked through reduce the carbon footprint of whatever, or if you want to help homeless people, you donate whatever you get for your reward, and it'll some calculation, you'll help somebody else out, which is awesome too. So either help yourself or help somebody else out. Best way to do it, if you download the app and put it in Mountain West, one word, you get 300 pod coins right away, which is pretty cool. If The more you listen, they give you a little escalator for bonus. So that's how that works. So go down, go download that app. Just listen like you want to listen to. And hey, here's the thing too. Our podcast is a bonus podcast, which means you get extra, Eli. So listen to our show more mm-hmm. often. You'll get that reward okay. so much quicker. So... Yeah, right. PodCoin app, put, put in Mountain West. Every podcast, I've looked through any podcast, every podcast on my normal feed is there. If you want Stu Goss, Love Retired, um, like I listen to uh, Love or Leave It, which is hilarious. He's 
awesome. Um, yeah, go to, go to that. So, yeah, that's a little ad for the middle. So you don't hear some random person jumping in about AutoZone or Flow from Progressive. <laughs> That's Back right. Yeah, those can be. That was probably strange. Hey. 60 seconds I wanted, so let's move on. <laughs> it, wait, did, did I ever tell you the? Uh, did I ever tell you the Bombas sock story from one of our podcasts? Go for it. I, I Bombas. I use them. I every time I get a hole, I send a picture and they send me and I get a free pair back because they're lifetime warranty. Look at that. Yeah, okay, but I I've never told you this story before. Let's do it. And then we'll okay. send them a bill. All right. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it was, it might have been two summers ago. I was listening to, I think, your podcast with Matt. It might have been one of the big football preview podcasts. And you had your, uh, <laughs> you had your like Bomba Socks, uh, like sponsorship lead in thing. Um, and I remember it was summertime. So we, I, I had the windows rolled down. I pulled up to the, the stoplight and, you were like going off on this tangent about Bomba socks, and there was an old woman that was like sit, that was in next to me in the in the car, um, and she like gave me this really funny look. Or you're were you going off about Bomba socks, and I had it turned up too loud, I guess, because I was losing my car. It was absolutely hysterical. It was hysterical. Oh, I wish you were there for that. It was fantastic. That is awesome. Love it. So hey, maybe we'll get a Bomba sponsorship again. I'll send them this clip. It's product hey. placement. <laughs> exactly. I but they're awesome. So let's move on. I'm actually wearing a pair right now. That's all I wear, 100% all the time. So there you there go. You Maybe go. we'll get them back. <laughs> in, we'll get them in the rotation here. All right. So let's move to. We talked okay. to UNLV. You mentioned the schedule a little bit. We'll get to the combine stuff at the end here. So hope we don't exceed our 45 live time here. Whatever. We got 20 minutes left to hustle through this. We're good. We got it. So scheduling. You mentioned UNLV scheduling well. The league scheduling better because that's kind of the big deal, Eli. That schedule better. It's like what the Pac-12 did recently. They want a 20-game conference schedule, which, cool, if your league's not great, whatever. But they want, like, a rolling net average, I think, of, like, 175 or 200 going back, like, five years. So we'll see how that works out. The Mountain West hasn't really enforced anything like that, but there's some decent schedule. Let's start with UNLV because that's who we mentioned recently. They could always, almost always get an opponent. You mentioned the Maui, which is next – not this year, but next year. Here's what they have really quick. And we won't go through every one. We have a huge pay, uh, what, uh, excuse me, article on our website about which we'll update – Periodically, we have a good chunk now. D1 Doc could help a ton, a few others. UNLV has SMU at home. They were pretty good last year, American. Kansas State from the Big 12 at home. Pretty good team. At UCLA, we'll see, but big name. Oh, here it is. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah, BYU. BYU in Salt Lake City. At Cal, at Cincinnati. Okay. Outside, outside of Cal, and we'll see how BYU is with Mark Pope and losing the only child, but that's a pretty solid schedule for year one. And a lot of these were done recently. These Most of these weren't like years ahead, I believe, because – there was a BYU was I think just two years ago recently or this year, but UCLA's recently, Cincy, Cal's pretty recent. I think that's a pretty good mm-hmm. schedule. I don't know if it with them all, but getting some good power conferences in there, and who knows what BYU do and SMU is usually pretty good as well. I like their schedule so far overall. It's not going out and playing some bad teams. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it definitely beats what it has been in recent years, and I think this is a good schedule because. You're not facing necessarily the top teams in some of these major conferences, but they're good teams that can reasonably contend for tournament spots and uh, getting three true road games against high major opponents, I think sets this team up pretty nicely to gain some experience on how to play together as they head into January in conference play. And for those teams, new head coaches, UCLA, BYU, Cal. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah. I think Kansas State sells the same guy because why would they let him go? Is it um, Frank Martin, right? Is he the head coach? K-State? I'm sorry, where? Is it Frank Martin uh, at K-State? Uh, Bruce Weber. Oh, Weber. Okay, that's right. Yeah, okay. Martin, I think, was the yeah. one. But, yeah. You have that. Like, overall, the schedule, like, looking through, you have, like, New Mexico playing Grand Canyon, solid. They'll play New Mexico State, not official, which I noted. They'll kind of go off and on. Aztecs have um, at BYU. Maybe they'll go to a couple of these games. They're down the street for me. Texas Tech, defending na- or defending national runner-up. Um, San Jose State has Stanford and uh-oh, yeah, at Arizona. <laughs> uh, nope. Yeah, I messaged you about that one. That's that could yeah. get a little dicey. But like all these games, like look where I'm reading up. Like there's nobody bad. Like out of these teams I mentioned, like Cal's probably the worst team so far. We don't know much about Wyoming and Utah State because they'll have a couple attorneys in there, but. Oh, almost over. Like, and you got, we even mentioned Duke and Colorado State going out to Cameron right, Indoor. Yeah. And you got even at TCU for Air Force, pretty solid team. Like, Colorado for CSU. Like, Oregon's on the schedule. Boise State Pacific. UNC Wilmington, they're usually pretty good out, out, out there in the East Coast for pretty what league they're in, but they're not bad. Like, overall, like, the worst team overall might be, honestly, is it UNC Wilmington? Or, or, or would it be Oregon State? Uh, Oregon State's been rough. I think Pacific usually has their problems. They're, oh, yeah. they're, they're taking on Boise State. Yeah. But, like, to your point, there are a lot of good teams scheduled so far. And I always stress this time of year and even throughout the season that I think non-conference scheduling is just as important as any other aspect of uh, a team, especially at the mid-major level. Because, again, if you don't have teams to play in non-conference, you're just not going to get into the tournament. as simple as that. Because there's a difference between – Bill, I can see both our aspects. Like if you're like, I wouldn't fault UNLV for a new coach this year to go with. Oh, let's kind of um, an easier schedule. Maybe play one or two good teams. Like playing Cal, they're not great. BYU, maybe those are those teams, but they're still named teams that like even the BYU down losing a couple guys like Childs. And I know they get Jake Toulson in from UVU, who is a an honorable mention All American AP. So maybe he'll take that place. But BYU is still a team that could win maybe 20 games. In the West Coast Conference, mm-hmm. like Cal might um, might be the only really bad team on they play or who they play, but they get to play these teams that are a good name teams, and so it's like and, even and like Cal is on the road like too, like, so that's probably like a sure like yeah two, it helps two, out three 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 them. yeah. And so that's the point. Like they're not. I wouldn't fault them for playing. Go out and playing like Savannah State, Texas Southern, um, one of the bad teams in the Big West. Somebody like West Coast bottom feeder team, something like that. The BCC or even like a. Somebody in the mask or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, HBCU school, stuff like that, to build resume, which sometimes that's appropriate and what you want to do. But I think the mm-hmm. level of team, especially UNLV, is bringing in or playing, or not UNLV, but everybody in general, I guess UNLV. But they're not like outside of like Duke in Arizona. A lot of these games, like you remember San Jose, San Jose State last year played like, who is it? St. Mary's and Stanford pretty close, that week stretch where we thought they were turning things around. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think the only one I think won, but they are competitive and winning. And so I love the schedule that's going out. So hopefully it continues. And it's a pretty good thing when Grand Canyon might be one of the lowest rated teams in your schedule for the whole conference. When they're probably going to be, yeah. what, top 180, contend for the WAC. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add about scheduling, or did we kind of bust through that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's pretty good. Also, Air Force taking on TCU. Uh, at TCU, I think is a good matchup, and, and I'm high on the Air Force this season. I think with so much that they bring back, they have a chance to be pretty good. 
can also head to the Bahamas again to participate in the tournament. So they'll get their fair shot as well. But I like to see across the board you have some good competition. What's that? We'll see. All right. No, I say like Boise going Diamond Head usually pretty good. Stuff like yeah. that. Oh, so. Yeah. All right, so let's get to combine, NBA draft stuff. Yeah. So we have Jalen McDaniels. Oh, also, sorry, folks, Jaden is not coming to town. He's going to Washington, so he's staying up at hometown team there up in uh, Huskyville. So there's that. Right. Not having, staying home. <laughs> there you go. You like that move. I know you do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nina Kata. Right? Exactly. At the NBA Combine, did not perform well. He came out of nowhere to do, like, from this past year. He came from, what was he? Sorry, Portugal, right? In August. Utah State found him, Craig Smith. And people think, like, at least I think, well, he's in the draft. Here's the thing. He can return to school even with an agent if he's not drafted. He, but as long as he cuts ties. He can return to school, I believe, is it May 28th, the deadline? It's coming up pretty soon, end of this month. Yeah, it's, it's in about a week or so, I think. So still a chance to return. He's not projected to be in any mock drafts, first or second round from what I've seen. He, the only workout he's had is with the Utah Jazz, probably because local teams are out of the playoffs. And they said, hey, he's still a raw prospect, would benefit, like Walt Perrin specifically said, or, yeah, he should return to school. And mm-hmm. there's things he could work on. And we saw what Kata did. He improved drastically early on. And I think going back to the year, like if Sam Merrill along your side, he'd be the contender of the conference. He would get more consideration. He would, because remember, he played more later in the year than the beginning, and people figured him out about what January when he's like, "Hey, look at this guy." And at the combine, he didn't play well. Like he, during the end of scrimmages, aren't everything, but like he had a couple rebounds, no no points, uh, maybe a block, a couple steals was his best thing. A trio of steals in one of the games, but he's not scoring. Like you're not going to be drafted. Like sorry, unless you're like Bull Ball, who's seven two or whatever. And is a gigantic force in the middle on on defense, or like Taco Falls, who has some really good skill set, who's giant and can play some offense. You're not going to get drafted by being a guy who blocks three, two and a half blocks a game. You're just not going to be taken. He, I think, he needs to develop more of an offensive game. Yeah, I do too. And and his role probably will be more of a defensive asset at the NBA level than anything. But sure. it still wouldn't hurt for him to develop his offensive game and he still he shot it 61 percent from the field last year as a freshman and it's a bit of a small sample size because he only put up about eight shots a game and average 12 a night but if he can get up to that 15 to 20 point range and and develop more post moves and just look a bit more confident and powerful around the basket i think it could do him a lot of good and I, i've spoken with some people and i've heard some rumors and things tossed around about him. And I think it sounds like if he were to return and improve his offensive game to where it should be or where it could be, there's, he's probably a lock for the first round in the 2020 draft if he gets to that point. And I, I think that could be a really good spot for him. And uh, there's, if he were to return along with Merrill and Brito and all the rest of these guys that uh, this team has coming back, and Utah State will con- contend for another Mountain West championship. And if Kata can individually help himself get to the next level and improve his own game, I think that benefits him. But, again, it's, it's his decision. If he wants to leave now, you can't discredit him and what he accomplished in his one year in Utah State. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's for sure what you want to – what do you think? And they'd be instant contenders. They'd probably be – 
Would they be a top 25 team if they all come back? I, I think so. Uh, CBS Sports has Utah State still listed in the top 25 and 1. So oh, I think you'll probably yeah. see them ended up in like the receiving votes most likely, uh, but they'll probably be hovering around. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I, I haven't checked Parrish's news. I know he updated recently with, uh, what's his name, Beelon going to um, uh, the NBA, the Cavs, leaving Michigan. And it could mm-hmm. be Juwan Howard could be the new coach of Michigan Wolverines. That's right. That would be interesting. So what about J- McDaniels? He's fared a bit better, but he hasn't been in any mock drafts I've seen, or maybe you've seen others, at least a first-round pick. You know what yeah, I mean? I think so it's he like probably land in like the 40s range. I think that seems to be what most people have in mind for him. But he does expect to get drafted. Is that worthy enough to stay in the draft to be a second round pick? Yeah, I think he's pretty much sold on on leaving, especially with the the off court things that's going on. Yeah, it's better for him to True. move on and call it good. And and still ending up in the in the second round. I don't know if he were to stay for his junior season. That's already going to be four years removed from high school because he redshirted his freshman year. And at oh, that great. point, age certainly becomes a factor. I know NBA GMs are just so sold on the age element of that. So I think he might not be as far along as some people would have hoped, especially body-wise. He is not quite as built as uh, some might have expected to be at this point. He's still pretty lanky and skinny. Uh, but he did develop his offensive game quite a bit, even though the numbers didn't quite – um, indicate that, but he is he is in better shape than he was last year, and he should be able to be drafted in June. All right, that's uh, I don't know what team go. Yeah, but you're right. NBA is where it's like if you're a 25 year old guy, you should be out of college and playing somewhere <laughs> in pro hoops. So. Yeah, yeah, it's, age is just so huge for them. Okay, that's, that's that is true, and a little bit and and NFL as well because look at um who is it Utah State tight end. Zach Raymond left early, but he, uh, an LDS guy, went to had his mission for two years out in big Russia. So that's the difference mm-hmm. as well, where mm-hmm. he's like a 25 year old rookie because he can register it as well. And so it's like, yeah, you know what I mean, stuff like that. So, so McDaniel's in the draft for sure. Do you what percentage would you put K to State in the draft? I think it's probably about 70 percent right now. 70% that he stays. I think, yeah, I think it was higher though because he said initially that he had full intentions of staying, but now with the combine not exactly going his way, I think that might um, cause him to reconsider a little bit. But I would still imagine that he stays. I would, with his combine not being great, with his um, nobody projecting the mock a mock draft, I. I might be a little bit more bullish, bullish than him returning, but I still think he's more likely gone. Mm-hmm. But I still, it's still kind of weird. Like, why would he go? I get he had one great year. I just think another year would be beneficial for him to go after year two. But yeah, especially him, with I mean, he could, if he puts up like twenty and ten and does three blocks again. Like that's it's probably good enough to put him in the first round. Yeah, I think somewhere twenty-ish range or so. So, uh, I think we're I think we've uh, exhausted our limit today. Because I think that's all the topics we want to do. Here's what I think we'll do down the road. Um, a couple of stuff on the website. I think we're going to do. You're going to do um, preseason player of the year projections soon, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So we'll get into those. We're going. I, I brought up a new idea as well for you and our other hoops guys to do maybe, and we'll do podcast stuff as well, like projection starting five. Um, who knows if that'll be up before our next podcast? It'll be we'll probably rolled out like maybe two a week just because to spread things out to keep the co- basketball content flowing. We'll be back. 
probably after the draft, I'm assuming, just to see who goes where and who gets any mm-hmm. free agent deals, maybe wrap up some transfer stuff. But for basketball season, we're probably going to do – I would say this. Here's a good plan. We'll, we'll workshop on there, Eli. We will do, like, maybe a new um, rankings after the draft, like a stupid early preseason rankings, just because once we know who's coming, who's going – We'll probably do something with that. Maybe have some fun with the starting lineups on our on us on the podcast if it's not online. And we'll we'll have another basketball podcast, maybe two, and then who knows what happened after that. But we'll have, we have it covered, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's there's plenty of off season content. We we keep we keep ourselves busy. We'll keep ourselves busy. We'll have some fun. We'll screw around and dependent podcast might be a little bit less for hoops, but we'll have some written stuff on the website. Also, Shad, you make your announcement at the moment. Do you want more people to hear about this? Hopefully they stay till the end. <laughs> Sure. Or do you not care? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> you want me to say it? I don't know. Do you do you care? Like, you, go, go for it. Yeah. You, uh, no, you can go for it if you want. No, I don't want to. It's your thing. You do it. Okay. Uh, I've accepted an internship with Sporting News uh, to begin in August uh, in Charlotte. So I'll be spending the following six months until February with Sporting News uh, as a sports media intern. So I'm excited and looking forward to that. But I have had a lot of people say, like, oh, no, what about the Mount West coverage? Like, what's going to happen with that? I'm still going to stick around, and I'm hoping that there aren't too many late tip-offs this year. Like, that ESPN2, 8 p.m. Pacific slot, let's let's hope for not too many of those because I want to watch as many games as possible. I also need to sleep. <laughs> I mean, that classic is real week. rough, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, man. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping for that. Maybe we can get Jesse Kurtz to pull some strings, like you said yesterday. Uh, I sent him a message yeah, on Twitter. Like, it. Help fun. us out. It'll be great. No, I said, yeah. okay, Jesse, can you help a man out? Can you limit those specific tips to seven? Because, hey, Adam Silver's looking to do it for the NBA, move those West Coast games back an hour. Just saying, why not? Follow the NBA's lead. Yeah. They're going to do that. But that'll be great. That's that'll be yeah. awesome. You'll do great things. Yeah, I'm You're, looking forward to it. You'll make some fun videos, I'm assuming, digital stuff. You'll probably make some fun tweets, some Photoshop-type stuff, working on those type of things, some videos. And... um can we? Can I send a word to somebody? I don't know many people sporting news, but can we say, hey, give Eli some college football stuff to do? <laughs> it is very fun. That would be fun. <laughs> no, that yeah. be great. Yeah, I know. It, it, it aligns perfectly with the football season, so that will be good. That will be great. So hopefully that goes out well and it's uh, well-deserved because you do great stuff for us. And speaking of that, hey, I'll parlay this and to help us out as well for the site. We need a few more people to write stuff for us. So as you can see, if you do good things – and what, I, I'm not going to say it's all for you writing with us, podcast, your school work, and other things, and stuff you do other places help as well. But we've had quite a few people go do other things, like Eli's doing. We've had people, uh, Matt Bain's been with a lot of places in Iowa doing stuff for the Hawkeyes. There's guys down in San Diego and NBC doing stuff, digital things. It's helped me out do other things, whether it be radio or other writing stuff. Other guys have done a lot of different things. So we do need some more writers. Um, mostly we're looking for football now, but hey, it doesn't matter. You want to do anything to Mountain West? We had one guy, Eli. This would be a great idea too. He wants to do Air Force mm-hmm. football for us, but he's been doing an EA NCAA football dynasty for years, long time. So we might have him mm-hmm. do like odds and write ups. We'll talk about this. That'd be great. Talk about a dynasty college football because games on the round. You keep it going. That, I would. I would 100 percent read that. He he had. I guess ESPN, that would be fun. Like ESPN written about him a year or two ago. Him and his buddies doing this thing. He's always interested, so he's in the mix, obviously, we could contact. But if you want to do any Mountain West stuff, football, basketball, track and field, swimming, it doesn't matter. And you, if you want to aspire what ELAs have done or other people, like, hey, let's start here with decent following. Great. 
you send me an email, Jeremy Moss, it's uh, J-E-R-E-M-Y-M-A-U-S-S at gmail.com. Send it there, follow, hit us up on Twitter, MWC Wire, um, and we'll get started. But stuff could happen if you're uh, just trying to parlay up your great achievement. Yeah, that's what we're doing here, piggybacking off the Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. It, it, it'll be great. So, yeah, if you're interested, like, what am I going to do? Well, you can do that, and then if you want to do more, stuff's out there. So that's our show for today. Mm-hmm. As I got the 90-second countdown to Blog Talk Radio in my ear, the lovely lady, 90 seconds remaining, mwr.com <laughs> is the website <laughs> we do stuff at, Twitter, Facebook, MWCWire. We'll have a ton of football stuff as well if you're interested in that. You know, like top 50 all-time mountainless football players are coming out. Ooh. Oh, basketball, too. Hold on. Yeah, we're doing the same thing, same thing for hoops this summer. So you might be yeah, thinking before you try it. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I'll, I'll be on it. I'll get on it. Kawhi. We'll do all that. We got so, this. Yeah, Nick Duncan. We'll do, like, uh, number one, clearly. But, yeah, we're, we're doing that. So if you, we'll do a all-time team for each school. We may do, like, the best teams ever, something like that, top 50 all-time. We've been kind of doing football, been slowing down, but basketball. Because we did just wrap the 20th year of Mountain West Athletics, so we got to celebrate somehow, right? That's right. We got you. All right. So that'll wrap it up for the show. And like I said, we'll be back next time. Subscribe, MWWire, uh, Mountain West Wire, Twitter, or not Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher. Hey, go to PodCoin and put in the code Mountain West. That's us too. So until next time, folks, we'll see you then.